To the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. Yes, I have realized I haven't dropped an episode in a little bit. So that's because I've been having so much fun doing these goddamn long plays. Uh, Cataclysm, Dark Days Ahead at this point in time. But tomorrow, the game plan is to move over to Fallout 3, which I'm excited <clears throat> I'm excited about, <laughs> you know, uh, fairly much, fairly much. Yeah, that's the phrase I'm going to use. Fairly much zero game plan uh, in terms of what I'm going to do. Um, but in the first episode, I do plan on going, wah, wah, I'm a baby. Because, as you no doubt know, no doubt know, um, in the first, uh, you know, little bit character creation type stuff, of fallout 3 you were literally born i remember oh yeah i remember playing that for the first time and just having my mind like literally blown away well not literally blown away that's dumb to say but uh blown away nonetheless much like pompeii huh i'm actually just opening my various imdb links to movies and stuff uh and one of them's pompeii so that's why i said that anyways Anyways, uh, yeah, so what's been going on? Uh, haven't, you know, sort of done the podcasty thing so much, which, uh, you know, apologies for that if you are a regular listener. I don't think I have regular listeners, so, you know, there's that, and the fact this apology might be for no one. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if you are a regular listener, you know, let me know. Let me know. Do you exist? Do you exist? Uh, yeah, so, uh, just to start off with a sort of a weird thing that's, you know, podcast related in that it's ear related and you use your ears to listen to a podcast. So the other day I wake up and my, uh, ears hurt a little bit. And by the end of the day, it had like grown to definitely twice the size, if not almost three times the size of <laughs> the size of a normal ear. Uh, and it fucking hurt. As you can imagine, that sounds painful, does it not? And it was red and my earlobe was like, and it's, it's definitely better today for the first time. It has felt a little better today. Um, it was like hard and I think it was hard just because there was like so much like, I don't know, blood in it or whatever. It was like stiff. It was like a stiff penis, my earlobe. Now that I realize it, it was engorged. Uh, yeah. So I, I went to the doctor and the doctor said, <laughs> Uh, well, he, he, he wasn't a hundred percent sure this, this doctor, man, I, I even asked him if he was accepting new patients because he was fucking quick, which I very much appreciate. He was in and out, uh, seemed like he knew what he was doing. Uh, he covered both bases of what it could possibly be, meaning it could be allergic reaction, which seems weird. And I kind of didn't think it was just because I don't think I'm allergic to anything. And also I haven't left the house in a long time. And it also, uh, so I, I don't think I would have been exposed to anything that I'm not exposed to on a regular basis. I don't know, just a theory I had, um, or an infection, which, uh, is what it turned out to be. Uh, the reason I know that is because he gave me some steroids, um, which would knock it out if it was a, uh, allergic thing. 
Um, and he said, yeah, that'll happen pretty quick if that's the case. Uh, but it didn't, it's been a couple of days and he gave me antibiotics, which are starting to work. It's taken two, two, three ish days before it's, uh, I've seen any uh, effect, but man, it was, it was bad. And it was like, it, the other reason I, I feel like it must've been an infection. Cause I, like, I felt really weak, uh, and like, like sick and sore. Like my whole body was sore. Um, and, uh, I, like at one point I had the chills, like I, I just couldn't stop shaking. Yeah. It was, it was not fun. Uh, and this is all just from a fucking swollen ear. So bizarre. The other, it's it, it sort of, uh, I had, I, I guess maybe it was, it was in the before times. So, uh, a couple of years ago I had this thing with my eye where I had an eyelash, uh, growing into my eye. Like instead of growing outwards, it was growing inwards. So yeah, apparently I get some weird head stuff every once in a while. Just inexplicable head maladies. Not fun. What is fun is the movie Puppet Master from 1989. What? Psychics. <laughs> any sentence that starts with those words, psychics. You know, any movie description. That's pretty good. Psychics find themselves plotted against by a former colleague who committed suicide after discovering animated murderous puppets. Not only is this a movie, this is a movie where there's, I think 13 of them. It's definitely into the double digits. Um, so, uh, let me just say, I watched puppet master one and puppet master two. Uh, let me read two. the puppet return and hunt paranormal researchers in an attempt to take their brain fluid for their master Andre Toulon. Yeah, there's some um already by the second one. We're seeing and, and a little bit in the first one. Uh there's some like deep weird lore with these movies, which is maybe why they are able to make so many of them. I don't know. Um they're they're not good, obviously. And uh, at least with the first two, they're still, I feel like taking themselves seriously, but I think you can tell even just by looking at the covers. Yeah. Judging movies by the covers that eventually they reach the point where they sort of lean into the insanity of, you know, killer puppets. Um, what I want to do and what I think I'm going to do is jump further into the series. Um, and watch some of the later ones in the hopes that, uh, that's where they get, you know, just ridiculous, bad, crazy, crazy, bad, if you prefer. Um, so for these ones, puppet master one and two, yeah, they really weren't that, uh, like I had seen these uh, years and years and years ago. Uh, I don't, did I see the second one? I think I saw the second one. I think maybe I stopped the second one back in the day. I don't think I've ever seen the third one or more. <clears throat> um, yeah, the, the, the first one I'll give a three and the second one I'll give a two. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, a three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, that's, that's probably a, a, a safe assumption for, yeah, I, I even have a note here. Maybe jump, uh, to 10 and 11 as they seem to be a mini series within the series about Nazis. Yeah. There is some strange Nazi type stuff going on in that, uh, aforementioned lore. <laughs> it's uh, you know what I think it is. It's that classic, you know, Indiana Jones type, uh, uh, Nazis wanting their hands on occult type stuff, get involved with the, 
the, the, the killer puppets, right? Of course they do. Of course they do. Moving on to, from 2022, two friends try to form a heavy metal band with a cellist for a battle of the bands. Uh, not the greatest description. Uh, metal Lords. Uh, so how would I describe this? Uh, two uh, loserish high school students uh, uh, explore their love of metal in this super badesque, uh, a delightful romp, uh, with the aid of a, a, a cellist who, uh, has, uh, a, a mental, oh shoot. What is the word? Uh, is neurodiverse. That's, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a, a delight. This is a, a Netflix created, uh, movie and uh, uh just to get the rating out of the way i would go like a solid four to some very fun five out of five moments now i'm not a metal fan per se however uh, i i can't appreciate people's seeming deep love of it as a genre uh, uh the kids are all great uh, uh so we've got uh, jade martell adrian greensmith and uh isis <laughs> Oh, poor girl. Isis? It's got to be Isis, I guess. Isis Haynwards as Emily, uh, which is my wife's name. The missus's name. Yeah, there you go. A little peek behind the scenes. Um, she was really good. Uh, very much enjoyed uh, uh, her. And, and they do sort of explore that uh, neurodiversity and her uh, seemingly, I don't know, manic depressive, if I had to guess. Although I'm not a doctor, I just play one on TV. Uh, uh, yeah, would recommend super bad. Uh, I, I, I do sort of compare it to that a little bit. I do see certain, certain similarities, uh, in a good way. That's a, a definitely a compliment. Uh, metal Lords rock on dudes. Uh, moving on to, 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 to oh yeah. Doctor who, uh, series 13. Yes, two of three specials just post Flux. Oh yeah, so Flux happens, Doctor Who Flux, which we uh, I did double check because I wasn't sure. Uh, did talk about that on a previous episode. So uh, I did want to touch base on Eve of the Daleks and Legend of the Sea Devils. Ooh, Eve of the Daleks, I one of my favorites. Um, sort of a, well, not even sort of basically a, like a groundhog day scenario where, uh, events keep, uh, repeating and you have to sort of figure things out to get out of the loop. Love that in anything. Uh, so groundhog day, obviously being the, uh, the, the most, uh, is there, you know what? I'm curious in any, you know, literature, uh, uh TV, anything in, in, in any media, did that exist before Groundhog Day? I, I almost have to assume it does. I mean, nowadays we call it a Groundhog Day scenario. I've even seen in scenarios where it happens where they mentioned Groundhog Day, like saying, hey, we're in a Groundhog Day scenario, which I, I feel like is accurate. Like you would say that. Um, so yeah, we got this Doctor Who. There was a Stargate. I think that was my favorite Stargate too. Uh, uh, there's a Star Trek, wasn't there? Wasn't there a Star Trek where the time keeps getting reset? Is that a Chicote one? Um, uh, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Anyways, uh, 
Uh, also got Aisling B. I believe I'm saying her name right. She's an incredibly funny uh, comedic actress actress uh so it was good to see her in doctor who i enjoyed that it, it, and, and it also just sort of felt like a bit of a return to sort of classic uh doctor who which uh i feel sometimes is lacking in in, in newish who sometimes it gets a little away from that sort of mm, silliness that uh, uh infuses throughout the doctor who universe that i so much appreciate so you know it was it was nice to see that and you know what legend of the sea devils also had a little bit of that and, uh, introduced, or I should say reintroduced a species I'd never seen before. I don't think I've ever seen before, um, from like old classic, uh, Dr. Who, uh, these, are they called sea devils? Is that what they're called? Uh, these sort of like fish, like uh, fish headed <laughs> like, uh, creatures that apparently have lived on earth since even before humans did, uh, sort of, you know, get a bit of that Atlantean vibe to it. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, uh, a lot of, uh, Asian inspired lore revolving around this particular episode as well. Um, it was good. A lot of, a lot more actiony. Uh, uh, this was definitely a, the world has been saved by these actions, so, you know, it's not unusual for, uh, the doctor to save the world, uh, and definitely did in this. So, you know, high stakes, needless to say. Also, uh, further exploration of the, uh, the hopefully burgeoning romantic relationship between the doctor and Yasmin, uh, which, you know, uh, obviously the doctor, every time, you know, falls in love with someone, they die, uh, you know, either through, actual death or, you know, just for the fact that they, uh, uh, live so long and, you know, humans typically don't live that long compared to, you know, semi-immortal beings. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's showing some reluctance, but, uh, you know what, you gotta take a chance with love, right? Take a chance on me, take a chance on me. Uh, so I assume it'll happen at some point. And then I also assume it'll end with fucking Yasmin dying, uh, and the doctor not having a good time about it. Shit. Shit. Uh, which, you know, uh, this, I, I, I don't actually know the exact number, but I, I think we're getting near the end of, uh, uh, Jodie Whittaker's tenure as the 13th doctor, which is, you know, that'll be sad to see her go. Uh, it's always a, uh, sort of an interesting and probably difficult transition, uh, both in, uh, in the story and without, I imagine, uh, I'm very curious who it's going to be. There, there was one rumor I heard and I have to assume rumor just because, uh, well, the rumor was, uh, oh shit. What the hell is his name? Uh, rumored new doctor who, uh, I could picture his face, uh, rumor. Oh, I see someone putting Richard Iwata here. Wow. <laughs> I hadn't heard that rumor, but that'd be freaking real cool. Yeah. That would be, maybe that'd be my goddamn top choice. Uh, I'm just scrolling through a list actually of people. Michael Sheen. Yeah, that's cool. Joe Martin. Yeah, that's interesting. Just because she was, 
she so showed up as sort of an alternate or an unknown doctor. Yeah, that's sort of interesting. Michaela Cole. Yeah, she was in that. Uh, uh, she, I've seen her before, and I like Rice Iffins, Welsh actor Richard Iowani. There he is. Lenny James, Lucy Lawless. What? Wow, that would be interesting. Feeler Waller Bridget. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Bat Barry. Oh my God, imagine that. Okay, well the person that I heard. Uh, okay, I know a movie that he's in <laughs> for Hugh Grant. Okay, there you go. Uh, and for the record, I remembered it before. I, 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 I typed for wedding uh, and then I clicked. Uh, yeah, Hugh, Hugh Grant, I, I have heard heard a rumor that he might be taken over. You never know. And would he be bad? I bet you he'd be good. I bet you he'd be good. It's just uh, the reason I out that in sort of Richard Iowate as well is that they usually don't pick at least I don't think they usually pick uh, uh, people who are sort of more well known maybe uh, that'll change in this one I don't know uh, regardless check out those two and uh, hopefully I remember to talk about the third uh, special at some point moving on to rock on role plays brand's tale oh yeah just shy of 100 episodes um yeah so uh, uh part of the reason that i decided to play a uh, long play of cataclysm dark days ahead of the game cdda commonly referred to was because of a gentleman named rykon uh, uh you could check out his youtube channel he has quite a number of videos um and i just finished so i started with uh, luna's tale uh and have moved on to brain's tale and uh i started to watch uh dusk's tale however those episodes uh were recorded or, or started quite a bit before the other ones so the game was quite a bit different and i don't know if it's the combination of that and uh, he hadn't had as much experience yet so i don't know if i'm going to continue with those maybe i'll skip ahead in that tale um tbd tbd but uh brand's tale and uh luna's tale very much enjoyed brand's tale he did something interesting uh with the world generation because uh if you're unfamiliar with this game you sort of create a world at the start uh and you could sort of adjust parameters uh and he did something interesting where uh, two of the parameters you can control are the size of cities and how close they are to one another. So he turned the size up to max and the closeness up to max, meaning uh, his whole map was basically one giant city, which is sort of really weird to see because uh, as much as I played this game, it, that that just sort of feels weird. I don't know why. <laughs> um uh, the, the thing I like about that as well is it sort of made sense for the character that he created a sort of a, a half man, half machine uh, driven towards perfection through technology. Uh, uh, the, the sort of uh, started off uh, quote unquote a normal human being, but then by the end was, you know, definitely a cyborg, if not mostly mechanical uh, uh and i feel like that fits that sort of cityscape a little more than it would you know like a country tale which uh, i i know he's doing one right now which I, i'm sort of debating skipping over to that one 
uh, where it's, I believe someone sort of more living in the woods or something like that. It seemed more kind of druidy perhaps, which is interesting. Um, uh, I definitely recommend, uh, it's funny because that's the thing about this game and the ones that I've watched him so far, uh, and how my, uh, cataclysm, uh, uh, uh playthrough ended yesterday, I will say the deaths of your character are sudden, um, like you could be fighting zombies and they could kill you. Sure. Uh, uh, they could sort of whittle away at your health and you can die. Yeah. I suppose that's possible, but you know, you reach a point in this game where you're pretty powerful. Um, just like Bran was just like my character was. Um, and the things that could kill you are sort of few and far between kind of sort of, kind of sort of, but they are things that kill you in like a second. For example, turrets being a very common one, uh, you know, one headshot from a turret and that could be it. And I believe that's, uh, I think I wrote it down, but maybe I won't spoil it for you. Okay. Yeah. I did write down how he, how he died in this, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you, I will tell you how I died. Now you can go watch it for yourself, but I, and try to figure out exactly how I died. Uh, it won't, by the time this drops, it won't be out actually. So I don't know why I'm saying it anyways, once they do drop my cataclysm, dark days ahead, uh, long play on my, uh, alphabetical DM YouTube channel. Go ahead. Have a look at that. Sure. Why not? Anyways. Uh, so I went into a shoot. What's it called? I think it's called the strange temple or a curious structure. Uh, strange. I think it's. Uh, I can't actually remember. It's one of the ones where you have to get the petrified eye in order to gain access. One of those things. Uh, and then I went through this, you know, series of elaborate rooms and puzzles and made it to the end and didn't die. Uh, and, and, you know, had a, I don't want to say an easy time, but my character was super, super powerful. Had a, a shit ton of spells and CBMs. It was just like, uh, early on in the game, I found this lab, um, that had a room that just had like, like 20 plus almost CBMs. It was insane. Uh, like, I, I, uh, of all the times I watched Rykon play, especially Bran, who was, you know, focusing on CBMs, he never came across a room that was so full of just good shit. Uh, it was just incredible. And, and that sort of set me up to be super, super powerful. So, uh, uh, yeah, that was cool. So yeah, I, I made way, my way through this pretty easily. Got to the end, got my little goodies art, my, my artifacts at the end, and then I uh, made my way back out mission accomplished. Now, when you go through a, uh, you know, Indiana Jones style temple and get some magical artifacts at the end, you're going to want to test them out, aren't you? You're going to want to see what they do. So, uh, I activated one and, uh, it seemed to, you know, shoot out a bunch of electricity. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, uh, then I activated the other one and, uh, seemingly it burned me alive <laughs> just to a crisp in like a second. And there was literally nothing I could do about it. Uh, uh, uh like uh, I, I activated it and then I just sort of watched as, uh, time just seemed to go and then suddenly I was dead. That was the other interesting thing because this game normally, uh, only progresses as you sort of move. Uh, that sort of doesn't make sense if you don't know what I'm talking about, but, uh, that's fine. Uh, so literally like if I move up, 
then time will progress a little bit. But if I'm just standing still, uh, I can push a button to move time. But if I'm not pushing any buttons and not sort of doing anything, not moving, not, you know, completing a task, uh, the game is for all intents and purposes paused. So that was the other sort of weird thing. Somehow time was progressing despite the fact that I wasn't doing anything. Um, and uh, I started seeing, you know, zoom by on the side of the screen that all my uh, possessions were being burnt. I'm like, oh shit. Uh, now that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to die, but, uh, in this case I did. And, and it just happens so fast. And that's the thing. Uh, all the deaths I've have seen from Rykon just so fast and, uh, to have my own death happen so fast was, uh, I suppose, not that surprising. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it was okay because I was sort of looking for an out anyways. And, um, uh, uh, that was sort of felt fitting that my character, the librarian, uh, you know, sort of going through this world, exploring, poking things as it were, uh, ends up dying just because he wants to, you know, do some experimentation with these fun, new weird magic things he got. And then that kills him. <laughs> yeah. Didn't mind it. Moving on to another film, this one from 1984, children of the corn. Hmm. A young couple is trapped in a remote town where dangerous religious cult of children believes that everyone over age 18 must be killed. Bop, bop. Yeah. It reminds me a little of that. Uh, there's a few times I was reminded of the, uh, Star Trek, the original series, uh, the one with the, the kids who, uh, once they sort of reach puberty, um, get that disease that turns them into crazy people, you know, that one, that old chestnut. Um, I've got Linda, ha Linda Hamilton, Linda Hamilton. We've got Peter Horton as Bert and then a bunch of kids. Uh, the most interesting one was, um, uh, one of them uh, goes by the name of Malachi. Uh, somehow, some way, despite him being a kid in this, I recognized him as, oh, let's see if I can get his name. Um, I recognized him as Hans Klopak from the Burbs. Yeah, that's right. I recognized a young Hans Klopak from Children of the Corn. I'm like, wait a second. That's how recognizable Courtney Gaines is. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, the movie, on the other hand, is not the best. Uh, based on a Stephen King short story, uh, a little tidbit about Stephen King short stories, probably, uh, I, I, I think this is sort of a, a well-known thing. Um, he allows his short stories to be turned into movies for a dollar, I think is, is the number value. Um, or is it even free? No, I, I'm pretty sure it's one of those things where you have to charge. So he just charges a dollar. Uh, which is why you'll see a lot of Stephen King short stories turned into movies. Uh, this of course being one of them. Um, yeah, it's, it's not great. I don't know. There's, there is a sort of supernatural, uh, it almost felt like behind the scenes tangential. It doesn't really come into play, uh, until the very end sort of supernatural vibe throughout, which, uh, I wish they maybe explored a little bit more. It kind of felt like, oh yeah. And this <laughs> is sort of weird. 
Uh, rating wise, I think I'd go two to be honest. Yeah. Children of the corn did not blow me away. Sorry, Courtney Gaines. What other also didn't blow me away from 2014 Pompeii, a slave turned gladiator finds himself in a race against time to save his true love who has been betrothed to corrupt Roman senator as Mount Vesuvius erupts. He must fight to save his beloved as Pompeii crumbles around him. Starring Kit Harrington, uh, Emily Browning. Yeah. You know what? I enjoyed her. Uh, I also enjoyed as Atticus Attaway. Oh boy. Apologies. Uh, Ak- Akinuay I'm sorry. I'm guaranteed have fucked that up. Uh, and, uh, also Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland somehow, uh, I will admit he, he's playing the, uh, the Roman Senator, the evil Roman Senator. He felt very out of place in this role. I, I, I as soon as I saw him, I'm like, what? <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland? That doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know. It's just, he, he felt wrong in this role and, and the movie in general, uh, incredibly predictable from moment one, you kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, uh, not least of which is, you know, that it's Pompeii. So, you know, what's going to happen there. Uh, yeah. So I, I'd go like a two and maybe even a one, a little, some, some one moments. Maybe there's some fun fighting. If you're into the whole gladiator type fight stuff, there's some semi interesting scenes, but, uh, but even then, uh, I would avoid Pompeii where I, you, uh, all right. So moving on to, I think this is the final movie yes the final movie uh yeah this was my favorite of the movies i do believe from 2020 after unearthing a gem that controls an evil monster looking to destroy the universe a young girl and her brother use it to make him do their bidding psycho gorman psycho gorman i do believe a shutter original yeah, uh, the missus finally decided to try Shudder out, um, which I'm surprised she hadn't before because her favorite genre is horror. However, sh- the horror of Shudder is diverse, let's say, and not necessarily uh, movies that appeal to her. Like, she likes, she doesn't like bad horror. Like, she doesn't like Puppet Master. She doesn't like Psycho Gorman, which <laughs> she refused to watch with me. Um, I, even after watching a trailer that just do yourself a favor, uh, go on IMDb. It's not even two minutes long. It's just shy of two minutes long. Watch the trailer for psycho Gorman. Uh, and, and if you can watch that and be like, eh, I have no interest in that. How is that even possible? I, I don't get it. Uh, uh, it, it, it's just, it's, it's insane. It's insane. And you know what? After watching it, beautiful. The, 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 the arts of the monsters and the effects and, uh, uh, the, the, the gore is, uh, incredible. Uh, all, all seemingly practical effects for the most part, which I think when you have really good practical effects, it is just more realistic than even the best, uh, CGI. Uh, it just feels more real, feels more actually, uh, you know, sort of tangential, uh, uh, feels like it's happening, 
So, uh, for, for that reason alone, you should check this out. Uh, another reason you should watch it is because of Nita Jose Hannah. That's three first names. I think, uh, she's playing, uh, the, the girl who takes control of this monster and she was just incredible. Uh, I would definitely throw her into the, uh, uh, category of, uh, young actresses who I have seen in things who I feel like we will see again. Uh, uh yeah, just, just spot on her performance, uh, uh, like a little sort of bratty girl but like in a, in a funny sort of ball busting way, uh, uh, just, just incredible. Uh, uh her, her older brother who she picks on relentlessly also good. Uh, her mom and dad, uh, uh very, uh, well-written and I feel like interesting choices. Like it wasn't just sort of a boring mom and dad. They actually had some personality. Uh, uh, and some personality quirks. The, the story is insane. Uh, there's some deep lore, uh, here as well. If you like lore, you're going to get some psycho Gorman lore, uh, super, super bloody deaths at one point, <laughs> a fucking child explodes. Another, uh, a kid is turned into a giant brain creature. It, it, it's just, it's insane. It, it, it definitely reminiscent of some of those uh, super violent, uh, Japanese movies that I used to watch that uh when i was back when i was subscribing to zip.ca which was like a uh, netflix uh, uh old netflix uh, dvds delivered to your door back in those days for some reason zip.ca had a, a very large collection of sort of weird movies uh, including uh, uh super violent japanese ones like uh what was one uh, like slit mouth versus saw head or, or like freaking weird shit like that. Uh, which this sort of reminded me of a little bit. Uh, I, I'm I, like when I finished watching this because the missus did watch the trailer with me. <laughs> um, she, uh, asked what I thought about it and I said for easy, easy five out of five. Yeah. Uh, cause she, you know, she, she knows my rating scale. Of course she doesn't listen to the podcast, but she knows my rating scale. Uh, and, and it's almost like she didn't believe me, <laughs> which I can get, I can get, you could watch this trailer and then we'd be like, come on five out of five. But it's just, uh, I, I laughed. Did I cry? I don't think I did cry, but, uh, uh, yeah, just really, truly very much enjoyed psycho Gorman. If you watch any of the movies from this, please, please watch psycho Gorman. Okay. Will you do me that favor? Uh, moving on to last, but certainly not least speaking of the misses, uh, I have mentioned we're working our way through, uh, star Trek, the next generation. And we have just within the last, uh, week or two, I guess it was, uh, uh, finally hit the episode Darmok. Oh, Darmok and Jalada Tanagra. I have a license plate frame that says Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Shaka when the walls fell. Picard is captured. This is from memory alpha. Of course, Picard is captured, then trapped on a planet with an alien captain who speaks a metaphorical language incompatible with the universal translator. They must learn to communicate with each, with each other before a deadly planetary beast overwhelms them. Deadly. Why do you need the word planetary beast? Deadly beast overwhelms them. What does planetary mean as opposed to what? Okay. Take out the word planetary from that description, please. Can I edit this? <laughs> I wonder if I could. Is this a, uh, 
Probably not, right? Uh, I think it's locked. Yeah, is, is memory alpha like uh, Wikipedia in that it's user-generated? I'm pretty sure it is. Anyways, thank you for whoever wrote that. Please take out the word planetary. Uh, yeah, this is sort of famously one of Star Trek The Next Generation fans. Uh, uh, quite often will appear on people's favorite episode list. Uh, mine included, yeah. It's, it's definitely one I've enjoyed. Um, it does what I think good Trek does does best, which is introduce an interesting idea. And that's sort of, I, I, I think, you know, boiled down to its very core. Uh, that's one of the things that Star Trek and, you know, sci-fi in general, but Star Trek, I would say in particular does best. It's, it's, it's introducing not even a large idea necessarily, just an interesting idea and sort of flushing it out and exploring it and, and really doing it in a cool way. Um, yeah. Uh, the actor who plays, who, who does play that? Oh, is it him? Oh shit. I don't know. It was him. Paul Edward Winfield. Uh, he's the one who's playing, uh, 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 the captain, the alien captain. Uh, what else is he from? I recognize him, but I don't actually know here. I'm going to, uh, Paul, I'm going to go to his IMDb. Let me see where I don't from Star Trek, the wrath of Khan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he had a, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, one of his most known roles is Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan. He was the captain in Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, who went down to the planet with Chekhov, who got the thing in his ear, the little, little, uh, wormy type, uh, scorpion type thing. Yeah. That guy huh. He's in uh, Terminator. Don't remember that Mars attacks. Who's general Casey. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, died in 2004 at 64. Huh? He's pretty young. All right. Well, that's Paul Winfield. Thank you for that. And also he was in this, uh, yeah. Uh, easy five out of five definitely recommends. And, uh, I guess that's it for this episode. Let me just check my notes. Psycho Gorman, Darmac and Jalad. Uh, I do have another note here, but uh, maybe we'll save it or skip it. Uh, just that I caught up on all the last week tonight's, which I will uh, occasionally do. Um, they're not available in Canada. So there's some, uh, you know, trickery, some fuckery you might say that I have to do. Oh shit. No, there was one more thing. Uh, at least one more. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Two more things, two more things. Uh, I, I forgot to add them to my podcast notes. So that is why I almost forgot. The first is, uh, the last headgum podcast. What? Yeah. Uh, headgum podcast just had their 100th episode. Yeah. Talk to me when you get to 600 and what number is this? <laughs> 610. I forgot what number this was. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so this is one of those things and this podcast out of probably, uh, yeah, maybe definitely in the top 10 of podcasts that if they said they were going to end, uh, I kind of don't believe them. <laughs> I kind of would not believe them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the hundredth episode, they said it's the last one. Um, 
if there is an episode next week, episode 101, my surprise level would not be high. If there's not one, you know, it'll be disappointed. I really enjoyed these uh, just crazy audio experiences because they're, although to be fair, I would actually watch these. Uh, there's very few podcasts that I watch, uh, usually on YouTube. Uh, but this is one of them. And, and I felt it sort of, it lent itself to audio and visual rather than just audio for some reason. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint why, like some of them are obvious, like uh, Rick Glassman's podcast. He puts a lot of effort into making it, uh, uh, visually interesting. Um, so, so that one definitely makes sense. And uh, this one, I, I almost don't know why, <laughs> I guess it was to see the reactions of, to some of the things that, uh, host Jeffrey James says. Yeah. <laughs> some of the, 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 the just horrible out of context things that he says, uh, <laughs> to, and about his guests sometimes, uh, and, and the way, uh, yeah, it, it's, oh yeah. What is it? I heard early on when I was watching this, I heard someone describe it and it's sort of the perfect description. I thought, uh, apologies because I have no idea who said this, but it was like, usually a improv podcast is, you know, yes. And the, 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 the famous, uh, quote, the famous idea of improv, the idea of yes. And, um, where this differs is, is it's not yes. And it's no. And here's why. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was so very accurate. So I, I would recommend that for that reason alone, just to see that, uh, improv, you know, there's different ways of doing things, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> this one can make you a little uncomfortable perhaps, but Hey, 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 uh, all right. So let's, there was one more thing. Uh, I didn't even, uh, open the IMDB. I didn't even add a link yet. So I'll do this, uh, from 2022, a TV series that I watched in a day. Uh, our flag means death. Ooh. Uh, the year is 1717 wealthy Landover steed bonnet has a midlife crisis and decides to blow up his cushy life to become a pirate. It does not go well based on a true story. What? I never heard of that. Uh, starring Reese Darby. Reese Darby is one of the funniest people on the planet. He is. If not my favorite, definitely maybe my favorite, uh, at midnight contestant, uh, Blaine Kapach, who's definitely up there. Uh, yeah, he, he, he might've been my favorite, uh, and just in general, probably most well-known from flight of concords. He was their uh, manager. He's a, uh, 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 New Zealander. Is that what they call? Is that what they're called? New, New Zealander. And, and, and just something about him. Uh, uh, I don't know. Very, very funny. Taika Waititi, uh, creator of this, I do believe is the, the, yeah. Oh no. Creator is David Jenkins. Was he the director or was he an actor? Wait, he's not, he's playing Blackbeard. All cast and crew. So creator, I just want to see is Taika Waititi the 
series director. Oh, okay. So he only directed one episode of Taika Waititi. That's interesting. Oh, good. Quite a few, uh, directors, Bert, <laughs> Bert directed two episodes and Bertie directed two episodes. That's uh, interesting. Uh, written, just seeing who did writing. Okay. For some reason I thought, uh, maybe it's just because he often is. I thought Taika Waititi was, uh, sort of the creator and writer. Uh, he's a producer. Huh. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, so seeing the people involved, having heard, uh, from sources, uh, uh, that it sounded good or that it was good, uh, you know, I, I think on podcast maybe, or, uh, some, uh, podcasty friends as well decided to, uh, watch it. It's 10 episodes, you know, not unusual, uh, uh sh sort of a, a shorter, shorter series. It was on, uh, HBO max. However, I was able to watch it through crave. I think it was here in Canada. Uh, and it was incredible. Yeah. Period. Full stop. The end. Uh, it's basically this guy who doesn't know how to be a pirate. He's very, very bad at it. Um, he comes across Blackbeard who obviously a very, very good pirate. Now Blackbeard He's kind of bored with the whole pirating thing and wants to maybe explore the life of, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the fanciness of, uh, English, uh, uh, and, and I suppose other countries as well. Uh, you know, the, the, the sort of royalty, the sort of hoity toitiness, um, you know, wants to investigate that world and wants to experience new things, uh, and, and sort of starts to, uh, look through the eyes of, uh, Reese Darby's character and, and sees the possibility of, you know, maybe a new life that could develop from that. Uh, and then, uh, Reese Darby's character, Steed Bonnet, uh, uh, sort of realizes, Hey, if I want to be a good pirate, there's no one better to learn from than Blackbeard, the most infamous and famous pirate that there is. So they sort of, uh, uh form this alliance in order to uh, teach one another. Uh, that's a lot of, a lot of the story there also sort of, a uh, sort of burgeoning, uh, uh, among that main story is the fact that, uh, they fall in love. Yeah. Uh, uh eventually they are, uh, uh, sort of come to the realization that not only are they friends, but they also love one another. And, uh, it reaches the boiling point where, uh, while captured by the English, they decide that they are going to, uh, run away together and, uh, start a new life. Just the two of them, uh, in China. Now, uh, it doesn't happen that way. And, uh, Blackbeard reverts to his old evil ways. And that's sort of how we left off. Actually, uh, I can't think of a, yeah, a lot, a lot of action, a lot of comedy, obviously, uh, some drama, some, uh, uh you know, uh, some heartwarming love, lovely moments as well. But, uh, I, I can't think of a show that has left off with just such a wide number of uh, cliffhangers. So, uh, at, at the end of the 10th episode, you know, this is a little spoilery, of course, we've got Blackbeard who's, uh, you know, evil again, let's say, 
is sailing away with one of the other, uh, of, uh, a couple of the other, of the old crew. Um, they left a bunch of the other crew on a deserted Island, <laughs> but the size of a, uh, like a, I don't know. It's like an acre. It's, it's very, very small. Um, a captain, uh, uh, Steve Bonnet, Reese Darby's character has returned to the seas, uh, realizing that, uh, he does in fact love Blackbeard and wants to spend the rest of his life with him, which is nice. Um, so if, and I goddamn hope there will be another season, it's going to be, I guess, uh, 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 Reese's character trying to find and reconvert Blackbeard to not being an evil murderer, I suppose, I suppose, uh, you'll see some familiar faces definitely in, uh, the form of, uh, uh, his fellow pirates. One in particular caught me off guard, uh, because I knew I recognized him, but I wasn't sure from where it's, uh, Ewan Bremer, uh, is playing buttons. <laughs> He's got a, uh, uh, seagull that he talks to, of course. Uh, yeah, he is very strong sort of Scottish accent and, uh, he was spud from, uh, trains, planes, trains, planes and automobiles, uh, transpotting. <laughs> Yeah. Born in Edinburgh, Scotland. It says, yeah. Uh, oh, he was in wonder woman. He, oh, he was in alien versus predator. Interesting. Yeah. It looks like he's, he's still working a fair amount. Our flag means death. Yeah. He was in that anyways. Uh, he was great in this. Uh, we've got, uh, Nate Faxton as the Swede you might recognize. Take it with TD, of course. Guz Khan, uh, might recognize from Taskmaster, Claudia Doherty, podcast royalty there. Uh, uh, we've got one episode with Will Arnett. That was interesting. He did sort of a guest appearance all in all, you know, what? uh, uh easy, easy five out of five. Uh, and I hope, you know what? I'm just looking to see. Okay. Well, let's do this together. Uh, I will do. Our flag means d death season two question mark creator on his, uh, oh, okay. So it's still hasn't renewed. Hmm. Creator says no one's giving up hope. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, and the creator has flans, flans, <laughs> he might have flans. I don't know, but he also has plans of HBO max. Doesn't renew for season two. Shit. Well, I certainly hope it does renew because, uh, as I said, so many cliffhangers combined with the fact that it was just a really good show. Eh, folks, what you can do is, uh, email the person in charge. You know what? Let's just assume the person in charge of making the decision of whether or not they make a season two is listening to this right now. And let me plead with you, please make a season two of this amazing show. Huh? It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was...